0: I love the smell of napalm in the morning, like... Victory! Hello listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews, it's your host Sam Boy, and this week we've got a belated, a very belated film review, it's 2019, Todd Phillips, who co-wrote and directed it, his interpretation of DC's classic, iconic, supervillain, Joker. With me to discuss all things Joker is a joker himself, Davo from Sydney. Davo, how are you?
1: Hey, good, mate. Good. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um. All right, so Life Events prevented me from seeing this movie when it came out, but I uh, eventually got there. I said that I would get there, and I did, and I saw this maybe Monday, so it's still pretty fresh. Um, how's this how's this sitting with you David what's your initial thoughts about Joker
1: Um, initial thoughts were I actually really enjoyed it Um, I thought it was I thought it achieved everything within the scope of a Joker story and it didn't overreach and I was happy with that hmm
0: okay that's, that's an interesting take that you thought it wasn't over-ambitious?
1: Uh, well, no, I don't think it was. I think it was pretty well-contained because it le- it left it up... I think you could have a number of interpretations to it, which is what you want from a Joker story. So, like, if it's an original origin, they had a nice... Um, they, had a, they had a really good escalation of events to someone snapping. If it was joker making up a story to insert himself in the creation of batman that also plays well because you know we know he's nuts and can make shit up and i think it there was a good balance of that in the actual film
0: so the narrative is muddled just like the joker himself i tend <laughs> to agree that that is probably one of the most sort of interesting components very rarely do you get a comic book film that leaves um, leaves things up to the imagination or interpretation? Um, so, for instance, Marvel movies are very sort of linear and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um,
1: by the numbers. They're well, the not, numbers. not necessarily Action by the numbers,
0: difference. but there's a lot of exposition that sort of just holds your hands through the movie so you know at every step what's going on. And I guess okay. that's why they're... Um, so successful is that you don't necessarily have to see uh, Thor two to get what's going on in Thor three, um, but this I had some problems with this film. I had some problems with this film. But to before be fair,
1: you had a problem with almost every film. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like it. I just I never... want to caveat that right now. I knew that you were gonna have issues and I even predicted what issues you would have and I was hundred percent spot on with the main one. okay, go on. Okay. talking it through.
0: It's not that I don't like this film, I actually do like this film. Yeah. But I don't think it's a masterpiece. I think it's a good film, made relatively relatively well, shot beautifully, um and great performances. Um and a great performance. Um, but overall, it's just left me feeling, not wanting more, but not really resonating with me. Like, it just, eh. So, anyway, before we get into my my dramas, let's just go by the numbers. So, this is, um, an almost, it's about six million shire being a billion dollar film, which is crazy. Um... (laughs) It's the most profitable movie, uh comic book movie of all time, according to Forbes. So it had a very small budget of seventy million dollars. Um and it's now made nearly a billion dollars, which is I think <laughs> um how I'm gonna look this up. How much did um how much did Justice League make?
1: Mm nowhere <laughs> near that much, man
0: no no way made hey
1: nothing, and it's spent, and they spent heaps on that too right, oh, uh, yeah, so
0: that put a budget of three hundred million and made yeah. a box office of six hundred and fifty seven million so there you go this this film alone has pretty much saved warner brothers slash d c um film
1: well, that destroys it i mean that's insane return man seventy mil and you're almost returning a billion dollars it's crazy, crazy, it's insane
0: um it's uh It's probably one of the most adult comic book interpretations ever and I think what see I guess what Warner Brothers slash DC have always sort of prided themselves on is that they do make serious they take the the material seriously maybe maybe perhaps Batman v Superman aside Um, they try to deliver a grounded sort of reality and they try to make it um, real world if that makes sense Um, but what what i would argue is that um not argue but i would say that this is a clear 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 statement that their universe or world building sort of attempt it's over right like they're just they're better off just making single films yeah that's interesting um because you couldn't like. I don't want to sequel of this. Not because I don't think it deserves one. I just don't think. How could you? Or how can you make a Joker sequel? Like, let's, uh, let's move yeah, on to something else. Let's move. Let's do another one like this about another character.
1: Yeah, that's interesting you say that because it's like I think probably the key difference though is that, like, because obviously everyone's going to compare it to, to Marvel. I mean, for obvious reasons. But I think the way Marvel approached it was they had such a clear um, plan and direction once the appetite was shown. And they got in early and they established... And they didn't try to make things anything bigger than sort of action flicks. Whereas, like, DC stuff... Like, even if you look at all the cartoons, like, there's so many one-shots. They're just they're just such awesome self-contained stories. So, I don't know. I, can't, I, I totally agree with you in that. Um, I think this one... It's it totally stands on its own two legs. And as I said um, to you the other night when we sort of had a quick debrief, I actually reckon this one can slot. Like if you wanted to think of just DC films and you take Nolan's Batmans and this Joker and you watch this in between like um, The Dark Knight and all of that and you actually slot it in before Heath Ledger's, I think it fits fine. Like you could watch these four films and think that's all the DC Universe there is. Mm, mm. Totally ignore the rest.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would just say, um, I, I hate universe building. I hate canon. I hate references to the word canon. I hate, <laughs> I hate law. I hate um, all that bullshit. It's overdone, oversaturated, over. It's just a dead rope. I just want good stories, and I think if you don't have to worry about the context or repercussions of how this influences sequels or other films that went before it, I think you're better off to have more freedom and more ability to have um, directors and um, actors interpret the character and give the art that they want to give as opposed to the confines of the context of how that universe has been established. So that's why I don't like... That's why when I say... That's why when you say I don't like this movie, that's factually wrong because... I, I i endorse movies like this that have a take and it's meant to be a one-and done interpretation shoot your shot whether he hit the rim and it bounces the ball bounces out or goes in through the net different story but I'm happy that this exists and i by default will like it
1: yeah, you know, I I actually agree with you pretty much really in that entire sentiment when it yeah. comes to the... Uh, I I actually think... And that's that's what disappointed me with Star Wars. I had wished they'd just done standalone universe stories as opposed to trying to make it all tie-in. Um, I will say this, though. Something that I think is cool... I, I'm probably not as far right as you when it comes to, like, no law crossover. I think some self-referential stuff is pretty cool and nods to other storylines and all that sort of stuff when it's not overdone is actually um, is quite good because sometimes you like to know that this character exists in a universe of sorts, right? Not necessarily to the extent of having to have um, will this fit in with a three movie story which really should only be one movie but let's try and stretch it out over three so we have to fill it with rubbish blah 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 totally agree with you on that regard but i think i do like some of the self-referential nods to their own you know it's within reason i should say
0: yeah i don't mind references or like little treats that they drop um that's pretty that's cool that's fine like i'll give an example um batman and bobbin when batman says now i know why superman works alone it's like huh so so superman exists in this unit like that's fine that's that's like no problems. But what I hate is that when they set such specific parameters that it's well, what's the repercussions of this and that and then then you get this fuck faces on the internet that just make endless YouTube <laughs> videos and, and then blogs and then people on Twitter and blah, 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 blah. Like, this is just judge the merit of the narrative of the story told and leave it at that. Um Well in so, that
1: regard this film then, if we if we ignore the fact that it's part of a universe, right, other than it's directly related to Batman because of the Bruce Wayne referencing. How does how does that sit with you the the way it dealt with the Wayne situation?
0: Um, hmm. so first of all, I'd love to see a fucking Joker movie, Batman movie that doesn't have some sort of explanation or <laughs> reimagining of the origin of Batman. We get it. His parents were killed when he was a kid in front of him. We've seen that in literally every single cinematic version of Batman. I would have preferred, to be honest, um I don't hate the way they uh how that occurred and how how they sort of addressed it through Arthur Fleck inciting a riot. And then a writer taking advantage of Thomas Wayne. It's a fight, like, that's if that's the interpretation they give to, but I don't really feel, I don't really feel like, I don't know. Do you feel like it gave the story anything extra? I don't feel like, like it did.
1: I, I didn't at the time. So this is, is for me, it was like this feels kind of forced all the way up until the last scene when he's in the asylum. And then I'm like, "Oh shit! Has he made up this story to insert himself as the uh, the creator of Batman? Like, is this the Joker's way of trying to make himself the center of the universe for Batman? Well, because we know, right? Through that's one consistent thing is the Joker is absolutely obsessed with Batman, and he yep. totally believes Batman is his polar opposite. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. so that was the payoff for me well, I agree I'm, everything he said and I was like no nah. until that moment
0: I would argue though that it's not clear that when he's sitting down in the psychiatric ward whether that's straight after the events so then how would you know Batman exists or the context of like when does that conversation occur
1: who even knows if the events ever even happened
0: that's what I so that's okay that's, that's when
1: I'm sorry. That's when I say he's inserting himself into the narrative. Is that he's convincing himself that the mm. Batman exists because of his actions and this sort of story he's made up?
0: Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I like that it does give it an open-ended sort of interpretation. That that could be perhaps his motive from telling the narrative or the turn of the story in the first place. But at the same time, I I, I just wasn't overly impressed with it. Like, I was just like, okay. Because in the Fair comic enough. books, Batman, it wasn't... It was just... I mean, Gotham was crime riddled and they just went to see a movie or Zorro or whatever it was. And then when they left... They got mugged, and it was by happenstance. This thing, and it was just meant to be reflective of the decay of the city. But this kind of through a riot, you know what I mean? Is like, would they really be going out to a cinema and riot? Like, mm, I know they're like rich and they're sort of not don't have their pulse on society. But uh, if a candidate he's running for mayor and he's you know meant to be sort of so in tune with the, his electorate, it doesn't really make sense that if a city's melting down to the extent that it is, was, that they would be in the movies.
1: Yeah, but I think that escalation happened pretty quickly though. That was a short space of That's, that's true. But now, They may have been out and about well before that ride actually kicked off.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: You may be misremembering that in thinking the riot started very early.
0: I thought it I... did. I thought it did because he was in the cop car and they were riding... But then again, who's to say that happened the time of that happened. Yeah, okay. The, I know what saying. Yeah,
1: cuz the writing all kicked off after he um killed the guy. Uh what's his Yeah. Name? Yeah. which is yeah. late night TV. So yeah. they would have already been out.
0: Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Um all right. So late night. Yeah, exactly. Um so the, the, for those who aren't in the know, Joker is a, a DC, is Batman's Arts nemesis. He is probably the most iconic supervillain of all time. Um, he was based originally on a, on a movie um, from the 1920s called uh, The Man Who Laughs by a director called Paul Lenny, who's German. And if you look that up, it's pretty obvious where the inspiration of the Joker came from um, because the main character of that film, I think, um, just going on uh, Wikipedia, his name is Gwynplaine or Gwenplaine, and... It's pretty much... A, it is the Joker, essentially. Um, if anything, it's more. Fri- it's a more frightening version of the Joker. Um, so, actually, I'll send Dave a link. and yeah, Have a look at this guy. Have a look at this guy. Um, yeah, so... And basically, he is the clown prince of crime. And depending on which sort of material you read, um, he has sort of a, a very muddled origin story um a few people have kind of tried to address it uh i think the correct me if i'm wrong is the red hood that was kind of what his origin was in one of the one Uh, of one of the universes that that he was originally the red hood and a failed comedian
1: yeah i do recall that 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 was a long time ago
0: yeah um But other than that, he hasn't like the context of him existing has always been up in the air and has never sort of been nailed down, which is adds to his mystique as probably one of his greatest assets that we don't actually know how this guy came about. Um, I mean, besides the 1989 version of Batman, uh, you know, (laughs) it's not it's never really sort of it's it's ambiguous. And the thing about Joker is he is an anarchist and he is basically exists for one specific purpose and that is to toy with Batman that's all he fundamentally cares about um, and I guess the great, the greatest sort of uh, example of that would be the fact that he knows Batman has a specific set of rules that he has to abide by and that is not killing people and that the Joker is in sort of this perpetual state of he can't get his dick hard unless he's fucking with Batman. And Batman, because of his rules, allows him to continue to fuck with him. So he's just infatuated with Batman. And he will go to the extreme to test Batman to see how far he will go to keep his rules. So it's... I guess, and would you say his main strengths are the fact that he's I'd say I, I my interpretation of Drake is that he's super intelligent um and probably maybe not high intelligence, but super intelligent and can is can lay a good trap, sort of so to speak. <laughs>
1: um <clears throat> so i I guess I'd take more um the the idea that you know, you've got Batman as a representation of, like, pure order. And Joker is the polar opposite of pure chaos. And not so much that he's a genius in that it's his chaotic extremes that he'll go to to push order to break down. So he'll lay insane traps where victims will die um at random or by chance or by a joke or like a -a jack-in-a-box you know there'll be three people with three jack-in-a-boxes and like the first one blows up and then the second one blows up but then the third one a mouth pops out type situation right and then it's like the idea is is not necessarily how elaborate it is from a, a genius trick perspective but more the the random chaos of I'm going to perpetuate chaos. Innocent people are going to die, and the biggest joke about all of it is you could stop it if you killed me. But you've got one rule, which is you can't kill. Therefore, all these innocent people are really the blood's on your head. <laughs> like, yeah, he, yeah, it's 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 that that level of taking things to the extreme, which I think, like in the movie, they kind of. They can see, like, if, if this was a legit Joker story, right? Like, let's pretend this is actually the origin story, and we know definitively that it's not made up. There's no Joker-esque element other than someone's telling it. You can kind of, like, he... The randomization in the murder probably isn't there as much, but you can see the the chaoticness of violence, especially in that apartment scene with like the little guy and the big guy. Like it's so absurd, the level of violence that was applied to the big guy. And that yet he's just acting like, you know, he's made a coffee and he's just chilling with some mates and he goes to let his little mate out. You know what I mean?
0: All right. So this comes down to the, I guess next question. Like, were you happy with this interpretation of Joker? Because for me, what you described is probably a more articulate way of of what I was trying to say. But I don't think we necessarily got that in this film. In this film, he's just a, a guy who's very much, you know, abused and sort of on the fringes of society. Twisted, sick, mentally ill individual he is taken advantage of no, never respected always sort of shunned upon and the people he hurts are only the people that have hurt him or attempted to hurt him so he's not truly chaotic evil he's just a, he's just a dickhead looking for revenge
1: uh I would, okay so i disagree with that to an extent in that we know that he obviously does something to that um, psychiatrist or psychologist at the end of the film so we understand that there's a progression and transition the idea is is that the story is telling of his journey of escalating violence so he starts off very reactionary he only reacts to a situation the first one is there's the kids are still the sign and his reaction is just to try and chase them down out of not not a desperation, but to chase him down because he knows someone's gonna his boss is gonna break his dick over the fact he lost the sign all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of like just trying to stand his ground, get his thing. Then we see the next level is the um, you know he's kind of getting tormented. There are issues that gets displayed. Then we see the next level of escalation after he gets the firearm when he's in the train and he starts to feel an element of control and power but he's, he's still reacting to a circumstance, right? Those guys attack him. Now, if he had wounded all three of them, like, would the Joker still eventuated? Well, I don't know, but he didn't. He escalated the violence, and he killed all three, and it was it was sort of like the next step. We then see him transition to proactive violence, right? The first one is it's opportunistic. The guy walks into his house... But instead of being attacked or anything, he then takes the first step, which is to execute the guy in the house, right? Just fucking annihilates him. So we see that level next. Now we also understand while this has been going on that he's kind of, he's actually planning to kill himself on TV, you know, for a grand exit type scenario, whatever. But then that final moment when we see him on stage, that's when it's a full-blown like premeditated he's just going to kill someone and he's now like actually switching over to that new state and i think for for an origin story that's a fair series to go through before you get to just chaotically being the loki of chaos and randomly killing people because it just wouldn't make sense like he's he's it's almost like the Joker knows there's an audience, right? Because we know he's, he may be telling a story to that psychologist. So he's putting an ordered filter on his evolution of chaos.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: <laughs> it's interesting like I that's why I thought the fil- like you had to really pay attention in this movie. I, it was I yeah, slow yeah parts but you had to pay attention.
0: I agree that it escalates um and it goes from being reactionary to premeditated but I still hmm I still feel that if there's a lot if, in this if, if 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 that that fat clown didn't come go see like come to see him, he wouldn't have killed him, right? No. And that's if like he Dana. didn't and if he didn't mention the gun and but what the cops were going like what the cops had questioned him, would he have killed him?
1: Uh, probably not, but that's I guess that's the point. He was put in a situation where he wasn't actually under direct threat of violence or physical harm. So the situation was different to the situation in the train and he's just, he's acted first
0: because
1: mm. he's had that taste of eg- exerting power and influence into the world. Because like a, a representation of chaos doesn't necessarily mean you just like go with the flow, man. Like, a represent- rep- like chaos in and of itself uh, can be conceived as a driving force of change yep. and influence in the world around you. So, for him, the fact that the guy's in his apartment is a boon. But, like, shit like that happens to the Joker, right? The Joker falls off of a 20-story building and then, like, randomly bounces off his shit and then lands, like, sort of ass down with his, like, face all bleeding and stuff like it usually is. And then all of a sudden, like, his mark that he was looking for beforehand, like, walks past him and he's like, ooh, bang, kills, easy. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's Joker-esque in the approach,
0: Hmm. I mean, I, I can probably appreciate that more given that explanation, but at the same time, huh, I prefer the Dark Knight interpretation of the Joker that he came on the scene because Batman came on the scene and was inspired to pretty much break Batman, if that makes sense, as opposed to seeing a man have a psychotic breakdown and sort of just get further and further into some sort of warped reality. So, Whoa. I... I, I don't, it. I don't yeah. know. I just didn't find... I didn't, I, like... It's you know what I mean. Does that make sense? The, the point I'm trying to make, like to
1: me, to me, I almost see the Heath Ledger Joker as being the sequel to this. In that, that is the that's the natural next evolution of representation.
0: Hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it obviously can't be because the timing doesn't doesn't match up, but.
1: But that's if that, see again, the timing can match up because we don't know what year he's having that interview and if he's made up the whole story.
0: Or it could be that the Joker from Heath Ledgers was inspired by the events that occurred in the 70s or 80s and he decided to take that as inspiration.
1: Maybe, because something they did well as well um, was the usage of him telling his own origin story right like, yeah you know, do you know how i got these scars yeah type thing yeah which was awesome because that played into the whole fact that like when you think about this film in that context and i agree you probably shouldn't that should be looked at in isolation it perfectly if you think about that final scene like i'll be honest if you didn't have that final scene it kind of it changes the film like, without that final scene in the psychiatric, war, psychiatric ward...
0: Yeah, Arkham Asylum.
1: Yeah, the entire... Like, my entire interpre- interpretation pretty much all falls down. Then it is, it is like, just a pretty much a, a linear, which I'm fine with, escalation of events, all of that sort of thing. But um, I think that does add an element of... It could be any time in history. It could be, you know, Batman could have just come onto the scene... And this is, this is the pre. This is what's happening, right? Where this guy has come up, has made up this elaborate story, so that he can position himself as being integral in Batman's life.
0: See, I think that's a take you've got, but I just got a feeling that I don't think he's doing that. For that purpose, I think he's doing that for self fulfilling purpose to get more notoriety and escalate escalate his status, um, within, uh, or as known as. Like, I think he sees the adoration he like when they rescue him from that um car accident and they put him on the bonnet and he gets up and he, everyone's applauding him or dancing around him i think he sees that as his sort of um the applause that he was obviously wanting to get as his career as a comedian the 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 respect of the masses if that makes sense and he realizes that in order to keep getting that he has to keep escalating so I think I mean that necessarily doesn't disclude what you're saying but I think he's not really motivated to insert himself in Batman's origin but rather to just to say you know take responsibility for the rights kill a nurse or a a psychologist in um, Arkham Asylum so that and then make the papers and that's his sort of He says his life is a comedy, so that's his next punchline, you know, so that his fans will see and still follow him and track him. So, I think, to be honest, that's what kind of I went away with, just going, oh, this guy's just a sort of egomaniac dickhead by the end of it. I feel like
1: you're more, I think, I feel like you're reaching more than what I am. Because I'm basing a lot of what I'm, I'm saying on just scenes that are actually shown as opposed to sort of... Like, okay, okay. I, don't, I don't disagree necessarily with the fact that there's definitely the... Uh,
0: because the when he's seeing that, he sees everyone in the clown mask and the town's burning, he's loving it, right?
1: I agree with... Yes. I actually agree with that portion of what you're saying in that um, he is getting off on the... applause, the adoration.
0: admiration. Yeah, adoration, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah no, that's interesting. I, I guess I hadn't put as much emphasis on that in the way I saw the film in that I you're right like how do you account for I think to be honest man I actually think there's just there's heaps of layers to it and And that's why why,
0: yeah and that's why I don't hate this film and that's why I necessarily didn't like necessarily didn't love it but I the fact that it's we have a conversation that isn't in oh how cool was those CGI effects and you know it was actually a conversation about the story and making you think about the psychology of the characters is to me Means it has far more value, uh, and has contributed more to um, the comic book genre than what Marvel films have. Because Marvel films are fundamentally fundamentally just modern westerns, in the sense that they have the same universe, same premise, interchangeable characters. But ultimately, the characters ride off into the sunset after everyone. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: And but this is obviously an origin story of a villain. Um. And it it focuses more on the psychology of what makes a person go crazy, pretty much. Like the events and sequences that have to happen to just have someone lose their nut. Well,
1: this is. I think this is probably what was interesting, and maybe now it's a good time to to discuss it because it may play into some of the success here and the reaction that. Um... <laughs> It was getting from the media prior to it being released, right? And I think we're we're entering into interesting times culturally, in that, you know, there was all these claims. Oh, it's a dangerous movie. It's a dangerous movie. Yada yada yada. But like, I don't see this film as being any more dangerous than any number of other dude snapping type movies, right? Like falling down is probably a far more dangerous film. Because there are already mm. white dudes in America running around with guns, killing people. Correct. Right at random for tra- like for innocuous reasons. So like yeah, that was ridiculous overreaction. But like if you think about the point of time we're at now, or like when a taxi driver got released, and like there re- there really is um, just as I think Australia is probably a bit luckier, but like we've we've seen some of the shit. That's going on in the U.S. with um, like poverty and a big segment of society that hasn't recovered from the GFC era. Like when you look at the level of homelessness and all of that sort of stuff, you could like in another five years, if they're not able to rectify that, seeing a like an LA degrading into a Gotham-esque scenario is very very real. Like that is a very probable situation. <laughs> If not actually worse, because at least in Gotham, people sort of still had shitty apartments to live in, right? As opposed to being in tents on the street. And it really called out the society's sort of misunderstanding of people with mental illnesses and um, some of the challenges that they face. Yeah, it's like good commentary.
0: Other- yeah, very timely commentary because so you know, social services are being cut. It's, mm-hmm. you know, America in particular. I mean, it's commentary on America specifically, but America is very much a country of the haves and have-nots. The middle class is being eroded. That's just a fact. Um, the rich are getting so much more richer exponentially against the poor who are getting so much poorer. Um, uh, wage stagnation. So there's no wage growth. Employment opportunities are going down because there's automation and robots taking over. Um, it's And everything's um, manufactured overseas in Asia or in India. Um, so... Yeah, and the fact that they don't seem to be, uh, they seem to be indifferent to a lot of these issues, creates a system where people who have illnesses are now forced to be living out in the street, living in tents, and yeah, there's a. It's there's, literally happening, right? It's full of disease, full of, full of disease, full of crime, full of um, just in in a uh, like. I wouldn't be surprised if the plague broke out in LA because of how fucking dirty and disgusting the situation is. Um, and it's interesting though, that I find that, that, that conversation was lost in the rhetoric from these fucking so-called media slash opinionated dickheads Mm. that they're more worried about the, how this would inspire incels to be violence. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, that's such a weird flex. Like,
1: it was weird,
0: don't you it think? Was very weird. Like, you know what,
1: especially when there were there were elements in this film that were like almost a cry for help on behalf of people with mental illness. Yeah, like, like blatantly. Like guy, you, that that scene with the letter yeah. where he's writing his notes. Yeah. And ah, oh, fuck, I can't remember the quote, but it's actually a brilliant quote, and I'll, I'll have to look it up again. You know when he's saying like. um
0: I want my death to mean something or something like, or...
1: No, no, no. The worst thing about uh, having a mental illness is that people want you to act like you don't.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. I don't
1: remember if you remember that line. Yeah, yeah. And that actually resonated a lot when I think about how, you know, people do get treated. Everyone kind of just wants people with uh, a difficulty or a disability to act like they don't have one. Mm. Right? And you see it like when you walk past a nutso dude just screaming random shit in the middle of the street or whether you see like those religious hawkers that are talking about everyone going to hell unless they read the Bible specifically. It's it's like, you know, there's, there's elements of that. Like the film actually was like, we should probably do something about this stuff and we should be providing support networks and yeah. we should be trying to rebuild our communities. So I agree with you. All of that stuff was just... You know what it was? I think it was people that didn't even watch the film. I think it's people getting triggered. It was all speculation, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. speculation. They watch yeah. thirty seconds of the movie, or they see the train scene, or they see a couple scenes, and they're already writing their blogs in their head. Yeah, and correct. they're already writing their stories and their opinion pieces, and they all re- like just go off against each other. Which is why I'm so happy this film absolutely killed it at the box office.
0: Well, and then as soon as they watch the film, they realize that, that, oh, that argument isn't really... Valid. Valid, because it's not about inspiring themselves. You don't, at no stage of this film are you rooting for Mr. Fleck. It's more like feeling sorry, and then you're pretty much disgusted um shocked. You're never um, in a position where you're hoping, or cheering, or I hope you're not anyway, that you're cheering <laughs> him on to keep going you're like well, when's this fuckhead gonna go in jail like that's that's not an incel an incel isn't what he's not an incel if that makes sense he's yeah. someone who's been abused very 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 much uh, his entire life his entire life on the fringes of society because he can't talk or relate to anybody can't have a relationship with anyone can't relate to anybody his hero is a stand up comedian and a talk show host. He you know He's got just, an, is, a
1: weird relationship with his mum.
0: <laughs> like they all do, all the psychos do. Yeah, they do. And it's just it's just he's not he's not someone who's he's not like a virgin because he voluntarily doesn't see the relationship or the or, or women having value. He's a virgin because he fucking has never talked to anyone other than his mum and maybe three other people at work. Because he could, he physically cannot relate to people, he just yeah. doesn't connect. So it's it's just bizarre, and I'm just so sick of I'm just so sick of such a, a gender-driven bullshit, um, and people that who who write blogs and write for these stupid websites that think that their their opinion. Is
1: um worth more than it is?
0: Like, is the moral sort of fucking compass that everyone to fucking sit there <laughs> watch or watch? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. And I just, I just think that you got to, if you have things like this on film, remember, it is a film. Maybe it might bring attention to it because it really, ultimately, it doesn't really. If you take the clown, this clown, the clown paint off, it you know it doesn't necessarily, and you don't maybe it just to Gotham to New York. Like it's not necessarily a comic book movie, really. The only thing that really makes it a comic book movie is the guy's called Joker.
1: Yeah, and the references to, well, actually not even you could even if you didn't know anything about Batman, the references to Wayne could just be part of a film. Yeah, high society person. That's what I mean. Like it could be this generation's sort of taxi driver type esque. Movie, mm. and um, and I agree with you, Sambo. And I think that the it's, I like, I didn't, I was not at no point did I root for him, no, um, other than I did feel very empathetic to the fact that this guy was left, uh, or this guy basically just I was empathetic to the fact that this guy was painted into such a corner that he blew up.
0: I would, yeah. And I probably the only time I did read for him was when those fucking Wall Street dickheads <laughs> got what they deserved. So that's that's kind of, well, maybe not what they deserved. Okay. No one deserved a bullet to their head. I mean, they were being dickheads. But I mean, that was probably the only time I was like, yeah, fuck them. But I mean, <laughs> but other <laughs> it's than a movie. that, you can say that, right? Yeah. You but know actually, what I mean?
1: And that's interesting because then it's like, and that's what I think is dangerous about it. And dangerous in like a good way because it could, it should be challenging is um is it cuz you do on one hand you kind of say ah oh, yeah fuck him and then like the violence gets weird yeah and, like yeah. real yeah like, when yeah do gets and then you're like oh uh, man that was actually even worse before and then like it's like oh shit that's actually you genuinely do get a bit of a
0: <laughs> like, shock yeah there, like
1: fuck <laughs> so yeah, you don't feel okay. so good about those first things that he did as no, well no
0: not at all it's um good,
1: and I think that's that's a good thing for the movie to do. Like, it should be challenging. It should make people question Correct. the way they see the world. Correct. Just, I'm, I'm so glad it made money. And just to set the baseline with you, in case people think we think differently about the actual overall, I agree with you that the film is not a masterpiece. So when people are flipping out saying, Oscars have to be handed out and all this sort of stuff, hmm. I'm not entirely sure nah. that should happen. <laughs> I do think it's a very good film though and I think that it's going to be like a cult classic for well I guess it's not a cult cuz it's a popular classic. No, it's probably but a You present. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's 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 a film that the especially kids that are growing up with their parents that have had to live on the street in the US type thing. Yeah. This is that generation that's going to start resonating with these sorts of films and they're the ones that will probably fo- find movies like Taxi Driver and Falling Down and The real anarchy uh, type films of people completely breaking social contracts because, you know, at some point, if you don't have a community left anymore and you're totally left out on the fucking footpath, like what's, you know, what's binding you together? Yeah, exactly. I think success of people working together for the greater outcome of everyone. If you don't see it, if you don't, if you're so disillusioned, yeah, it's crazy it's, yeah, I, yeah. It's oh, interesting. Man. And, it's and that's sad. what I'm
0: saying. I, I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't really love it. And I, not that I didn't like it, but it was okay. Like it was, I, I, I appreciate it for what it was. Appreciate it that it got made. Um, I still think the Dark Knight Heath Ledger is probably my favorite. Yeah, it is definitely my favorite portrayal of the Joker, um, in movie, um, format anyway. um, and I feel like, I kind of feel like I didn't want a Joker origin story. I was never really sold on it to begin with. But what got me over the line was um, the the direction they took it in, the setting, uh, and the fact that Jock and Phoenix, it was such a, he did a really good job. Like, he did a yeah, fantastic did. job. But it didn't, it just lacked a bit of substance in terms of a supporting cast. And I don't know, I just, this, didn't feel like it's pretty much the Joker's movie from top to bottom. And I feel like for a Joker to work, you need that symmetry of a Batman. And that you need the two polar opposites, if that makes sense. And I feel like this is just too heavy on that side of the fence, of the crazy side. And I got a bit weary of it, a bit over it. Um, like, how much... You could just see that that relationship with that girlfriend was fake. Like, you just knew it was fake. Like, this can't be real. Yeah, they, like, you yeah, know what I mean?
1: They didn't need to um, uh, show up. Like, they didn't need to go back and do all the scenes without her in it.
0: No, right? like, I know. Like, I mean, that's because it's, it's 2019 and everyone's a fucking idiot and they can't yeah, piece no. shit together. But it was, like, such an obvious thing. Like, it's like, as soon as they um hooked up... In like not even in the in, in the in the lift the first part when he puts the gun to her head, I was like, oh yeah, that didn't happen. He just told he just put the gun to his head. The only thing that probably did happen was at the end he put the gun to her head and freaked her out a bit. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Like the whole first part didn't happen. Like he's this he's just made up this is this whole thing in his head. It's so obvious. Like the guy. Said? Uh, well, no. But then again, you don't know. He could have.
1: And see, that's what I'm. That's why I'm saying they did a good job,
0: Sambo. Because mm.
1: if, if if it was if it was purely ordered and he was only doing vengeance, he never would have killed her. No, so, that's true. No one's definitively. Like people have talked about the film, they all come away saying, "Hey, I don't know. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he might, might have. Yeah, he might have. Like uh, I think yeah. you actually enjoyed this film, or you. I think you enjoyed this film more than what your final words are around where you place it. Like you talk down, you enjoy it. Like the way you talk about it, I'm thinking you'll give this like a four or five out of ten. But then when you actually talk about parts of the film, it kind of sounds like you're in that six and a half to seven range.
0: I'm in that seven range. I'm like seven. Like it's, 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 it's good, but I don't think it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's something you could probably watch a lot like you can watch the Dark Knight a lot um and we get more sort of enjoyment rewatching that than this. I think this is such a somber sort of depressing um film that it's I don't know It's like yeah like if you like you know obviously it's inspirations taxi driver. Well, part of it, anyway. And, like, how often does people watch Taxi Driver? I've seen that movie maybe twice in my life. It's not something that you can continually go back to and just vibe off of it. And I find... I find that not... I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I find, like, with comic book films, they should have that element of just being able to it's such a heavy tone man it's so heavy you know what I mean I'm there's no lev- that, there's, there's like it's just such a heavy film
1: I'm fine I, one thing I will agree with though that you said that was actually pretty interesting I didn't think about was that you're right in that I think maybe the Joker it, it could have done with a stronger resistance like you, you should have maybe had a bigger symbol of order like as opposed to just society crushing him type thing like maybe if the uh, even if we had the the cops play a bigger presence of a symbol of order so like let's say they you know he's getting pulled over for tickets or he's getting hassled for jaywalking like there's a symbol of like the police play maybe a bigger role of um like to to bounce off of if you know what i mean like something to what's what i'm looking for like a he needs a resistance to rail against as opposed to it blindly just being like society in general.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think you probably don't necessarily, and it's, I don't know, I think I didn't really like the creative decision of having the Thomas Wayne and no, oh, is he, is he Batman's half brother? And I mean, potentially like, you know, who you know, the good Thomas, Thomas Wayne's the fucking dickhead in this film. I, um, <laughs> I don't
1: think he was a dickhead, man.
0: He was just a chode.
1: He was just a hard dude living in a hard world, trying to get things done. And she, I think, the only reason why they put that element in there was so that he could find out that even worse news that he'd been like Mm. bashed by his uh, mum's boyfriend, and it was like perpetual domestic violence and mental illness through the family, and like his his entire world. This the whole story is basically a dude's entire universe collapses around him, but also on top of him.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And you're right; it's heavy. Like every turn, this guy's taking gut punches. Like, yeah, every turn. And his only response in the end is just to say, "It is all a joke. Nothing matters. Fuck you all."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, exactly. Good point. Good
1: Where point. do you um? So I guess all right. So you mentioned that I think for me, I I, I put this on equal terms with um the Dark Knight as a portrayal of a Joker. I think they're both. I think the the DC like uh, produced media or entertainment universe is richer for having both films.
0: Oh yeah, I mean. This is what um, this is why I, I I I just struggle to comprehend when people, uh, uh, where people who say they're comic book fans but don't read comic books or only watch movies come at me and say, "Well, Marvel's so much better than DC," and they base it on the movies they've gotten right. Yeah. You look at yeah. the you look at the content content of DC and you look at the heroes and villains they have, they have such a rich tapestry of diverse villains and heroes that they can draw um, inspiration from to tell Bedham films. They haven't really ever done that. I mean, there's only, they've only really done it maybe a handful of times. But fundamentally, if they just did this sort of thing where they took the... the um, Source material a bit more seriously, understood it a bit more, and treated it with a bit more weight. You'd find you have like they'll just have phenomenal films because, like, the best like, it just has the best. It just has the best sort of um, characters and stories. Like Marvel just doesn't come close. I mean, you look at um, like, do they have a villain as as good as Joker? They don't even have a villain like and that has that has the complexities of joker do they um it's like dc just just has has it all has has sort of just uh it's it's has the greatest comic books story ever told in the dark knight returns period killing joke um long halloween uh what's it yeah is it long halloween um it's Batman year one. Like they just have some of the best ever stories have come from a DC. And I think they should probably start to leverage off that more.
1: I think so too. I I totally agree. If you were, so let's say, I, I think we're, we're, we're both on the same page there. If you were to talk about the next standalone, that's not going to be part of building out a universe. What do you want to see? Do you want to see uh a Hero Piece? Do you want to see another villain? Like what's what's your next DC flick? And I'm not holding like the new Suicide uh not The Birds of Prey in high regard. I don't think that's going to be good.
0: No. Yeah. Um uh okay, look. I I think that I'm pretty biased cuz I like Batman, right? Um but I also like Superman. I think what would be what would be interesting if they did um a Red Sun take on Superman um, and they sort of say what well, Superman was fucking born in Soviet fucking Russia that'd be cool um, but I realized that probably would confuse the marketplace because dickweeds out there wouldn't would think well wait, isn't her new carvel Superman like you know what I mean they couldn't yeah. just <laughs> yeah. but then again I guess they had that with Jared Lee Do he was meant to be the Joker and apparently he got tried to get this movie blocked by his um, his agent He tried to get his agent to block this movie yeah, uh, from being made. Um,
1: do you feel sorry for him? Like, do you think that nah, was a wasted opportunity?
0: Nah, I mean, I like the art style of that Joker because I think that's pretty contemporary. Um, that's but ultimately, original. he wasn't given any sort of substance to to, to to work with. And the movie that he was put in was just, it was not a Joker movie. Uh, Suicide Squad is an ensemble piece so you wouldn't, you just he just wasn't even... Uh, he, yeah, shouldn't been in it, and he was never given enough content uh, to really steal the show. Um, like he just wasn't in it long enough to really have a meaningful impact. Um, so, I but at the same time, I think to answer your question. To answer your question, I think. What would be cool would probably be. See, i worried if you go like something like this again and say do a penguin one or like a Riddler one, it's like, well, are we really doing anything new or innovative, right? Because this is kind of new in terms of of the of what it's done. Mm. So I'm thinking maybe let's go outside the box of like a Red Sun or even like a Lobo. Um, Lobo. Yeah, something like that we where it's like it's just a bit out of the box.
1: I think Green. I think Green Lantern is a potential that could be tapped because I think I think there's room for sci-fi. Uh, yeah. Good sci-fi films and good sci-fi stories that can be told, and I do think the Batman villain hmm. catalog still has a, has some distance to go. Um, I mean, I actually think Penguin would be the most interesting. Um
0: uh, apparently he's the villain in the new Batman film. Oh, is he? Yeah, and um, yeah yeah all right uh let's wrap this bad boy up sorry man i have gotta cut this short because we're well, not actually we're going for an hour that's long enough uh my son is going absolutely an ape shit and i've got to go help my wife so um as always listeners you can find us on twitter and SoundCloud. um twitter handle is at F M M R pod um and as always we thank you for listening and until next time all right thanks dave
1: see ya